Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to a very special episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is, of course, a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Now, I know Game 2 is set for tonight in Toronto between our Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll give a little preview of that, but on today's podcast, I am very excited to be joined by Emily Cave. She, of course... Colby Cave's wife, Colby, a former Bruin, passed away suddenly and very tragically back in April. And I reached out to Emily to see if she'd be willing to come on the podcast uh, just to discuss Colby's journey through the NHL and how uh, she has been coping through this devastating loss with the help of the hockey community. And she graciously agreed to do that. And we had a great chat. And I'm very excited to share that with you here in a few moments. Before we get to that, let me remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available wherever you can get your other podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Please hit that subscribe button and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed free to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also give a rating and a review, that would be very much appreciated. Before I get to my chat with Emily, it is, like I said, game two tonight, August 25th, between the Bruins and Lightning in the bubble in Toronto. Head coach Bruce Cassidy just had his Zoom availability and confirmed to the media that there will be no lineup changes for game two. That means that Anders Bjork and Nick Ritchie will continue to skate on a line with Charlie Coyle, Yaroslav Halakinet, Connor Clifton in the lineup. Those are the big questions so far or where he has shifted. Now that could change for tomorrow as they will play game three on a back-to-back situation Wednesday night. So if Halak falters for some reason... Here in game two, maybe he'll get an early hook. You'll see Dan Vladder step in in relief of him to get Halak fresh for tomorrow. Or if Halak plays well, it raises the question whether you just roll with the uh, good performing goalie and just go back to back. There's no travel, of course. Uh, They haven't traveled in quite some time, so he should be fresh enough to go in game three if necessary. That would be my preference. If they win game two, just keep the foot on the gas, so to speak, and put your best lineup out there. We might see some other tinkering with the forward lines in particular for tomorrow night, uh, but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. For now, one note from the Tampa Bay side of things, Ryan McDonough is unavailable to play in Game 2 due to injury. He is one of their regular defensemen, but he was injured in the third period of Game 1, didn't return, and will not play game two for sure. So that's potentially a a big loss for them on the blue line, although we all remember that uh, Bergeron basically picked his pocket en route to the third goal for the Bruins in game one, which ended up being the decisive goal in that game. One other news item to share. I'm sure you've all seen there was a big trade between the Maple Leafs and the Penguins this morning. 
the Maple Leafs sending Kasperi Kapanen back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, the team that drafted him as part of a six-player deal that also includes Toronto acquiring Pittsburgh's first-round pick in the 2020 draft. Pontus Aberg and Jesper Lindgren also traded to the Penguins while the Maple Leafs receive forward Evan Rodriguez, a center prospect in Philip Hallander, and defenseman and our old Bruins friend David Warsawski. The Maple Leafs didn't have a first-round pick after sending it to Carolina as part of the Patrick Marlowe uh, salary dump. So they recoup a pick, and Pittsburgh gets back a player that they had drafted and who they had traded to Toronto as part of the Phil Kessel deal. So some uh, Boston connections in this trade. Uh, it gives the Leafs some uh, salary cap flexibility in an attempt to improve on another disappointing season for them. So anyways, that's it for news and notes. Before we jump into my chat with Emily, let me talk for a moment here about Rock Auto. You've heard me talk about Rock Auto many times before, and that's because they offer a great service. They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps. I actually have to do a search for a tail lamp for my van coming up later today. Motor oil, even new carpet. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low. Amazing selection. All the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Please write locked on in their how did you hear us box so that they know that we sent you now let's be honest talking about erectile dysfunction or ed is not easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves or avoid it altogether but with roman it's easy to talk about you can connect with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care all from the comfort and privacy of your home. If you go to roman.com slash NHL today, you can get $15 off your first order of treatment if approved. That's getroman.com slash NHL for $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Now with all that out of the way, let's jump now to my conversation with Emily Cave. Again, I... Cannot express enough how much I appreciate her being willing to chat and uh, share some of her story, share about her experience over the summer since the passing of her husband, and to reflect on uh, the Boston Bruins and how much uh, they have meant to her and meant to Colby uh, with his time with the team. Uh, I hope you all really enjoy this conversation as much as I do. 2020 has been an awful year. In a lot of ways, and it's really helped to put things into perspective as the Bruins prepare for Game 2 tonight. You know, we're lucky that they're able to even be playing sports right now in the midst of this global pandemic. They are remembering Colby on their helmets as they play, and uh, it's all just a reminder that, you know, we need to be kind to one another, empathetic, and uh, we're all just doing the best that we can and uh, hopefully we can all 
get through this together. I'm, I'm very proud to be part of this Bruins fan community. Proud of how this organization and its players, present and past, have supported Emily through uh, through this time. And again, yeah, I hope you all enjoy this chat and go Bruins tonight. Here now is my chat with Emily Cave. First of all, I just want to say, Emily, that you know I I very much appreciate you taking some time to to chat today. I know that you know it's been it's been a crazy year for for everybody and um, certainly for for you and your family. I, I can't even imagine what you've been what you've been going through. And I know a lot of Bruins fans that I've talked to over the last few months. Colby meant a lot to them just in the the brief time that he spent. Uh, with in Boston and, and the time that he spent in Providence as well. And um, yeah, I've been me, me and my wife, we've been thinking about you and your family and, and praying for you all, all summer long. So I really do appreciate you taking some time to chat and uh, yeah. How, how are you doing t- this morning? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on um, and all your love, prayers and support. Um, it definitely hasn't been easy uh, since April 7th and then Cole passing away April 11th. But uh, as I said, the love, prayers, and support um, are so appreciated more than anyone will ever realize. And they do, um, they do help. So I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you. Now, I usually, uh, whenever someone comes on the podcast, I usually ask them kind of about their hockey origin story and I was curious as to whether you were a hockey fan before meeting Colby uh, and if not how did you guys meet and how long did it take for you to kind of fall in love with the game? Oh wow um, no I knew nothing about hockey um, before Colby I couldn't tell you some of the most famous people in the world um, <laughs> There's so many stories where I completely embarrassed him um, because I would be like, who's that person? Or what does that mean? Um, And he'd be like, Emily, just keep your mouth shut. Um, (laughs) I'd put my foot in my mouth a lot. Uh, But yeah, I definitely grew to love the game. To be honest, I fully don't understand the game still. Um, But I knew when his number was on the ice that the goal was to get the puck in the net. Um, so that's kind of all I knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I didn't like when he fought. That really stressed right. me out. Yeah. <laughs> I get really scared. Um, so yeah, I definitely grew to love the game, obviously. Um, and it it's one of my favorite sports now, but I still don't know too much about it. I mean, I was asking cold questions up to right before he passed away. Um about hockey so I'm definitely getting there but uh I think I still have a way to go <laughs> yeah there's def- there's definitely some some pretty weird weird rules and crazy things that go on at, at people anytime there's like a goaltender interference or something like that everybody on Twitter nobody can figure it out it's it's yeah. so weird so yeah Cole that's would actually, Cole would actually like it because I can never <laughs> tell him like after a game if he played bad or good I'd be like <laughs> great game and he would be like no, Emily, like that was a horrible <laughs> game. And I was like, oh, well, it looked good. Like, so he loved it because I just, I could never That's comment weird. on anything. Yeah. Uh, and that was like really nice for him to just have that break outside of, outside of the rink and outside of the media that his wife had 
No, I do have. <laughs> Did you connect with him when he was still in junior hockey, or was it more when he first signed his his deal with the Bruins? So that's a funny story, actually. So Kolb found in 2013, going to 2014, um, so seven years ago, because in his vows he said six years, um, he found me on Instagram and told his buddies and his teammates in junior, so he was still in junior um, yeah. for two more years, and he said, he's like, I'm going to marry this girl one day. Oh, uh um, and was like, this is the girl of my dreams. Um, and I ignored him for two years. Um, I didn't kind of really want to get involved um, in the hockey lifestyle. I mean, I hadn't met him. He lived across the country and then eventually in the States. So I just, I wasn't really interested, to be honest. Right. And then one day, um, yeah, I replied to him I think he had posted a picture with his little billet sisters or something and I just like caveman liked my photo so I'm like oh goodness and then I creeped him and then he posted a photo of his little billet sisters and then I liked it and then yeah from there on sparks flew but it's funny those little billet sisters are actually we're actually our flower girls in our wedding very cool um yeah it's funny how that all worked out but yeah I ignored him for two years he was very persistent. I mean, he said he was going to marry me before he even met me. Um, oh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, here we are. So, Yeah, those billet relationships are, are so strong. One of my – we have three kids, my wife and I, and one of our sons, a kid in his class, they uh, host a goalie for the Guelph Storm here and just uh, – like he calls him his older brother and things like that. Like it's his hockey brother. Those relationships are, are really special between the players and, and their billet families for sure. We are really, um, really, really close um, with his billet family. I don't even consider them a billet family. I consider them real family. Oh, that's um, so cool. Mom texts me every single day oh, wow. um, or is on the phone with me. Um, yeah, so his built family has been beyond incredible. Um, and I'm really, I'm really, really lucky that Colby sure. brought up. Yeah, I personally, uh, I love stories of, of players who were undrafted and are still able to make it to the NHL. I know Colby was, you know, a leader for his junior team. And um, people spoke so highly of him. And that's why the Bruins kind of jumped onto him. I've had Rich Peverly on here and he kind of had a similar path to the NHL. Um, what are some of the memorable moments from the Providence Bruins days or, or some of the relationships that, that were made there that, that kind of stick out to this day? Wow. Um, there is, there is so many relationships. Um, I'd have to go through the roster <laughs> each year. Um, I would say uh, Zach Sinitian. Um I absolutely adore him. He was at our wedding. Um, Danton Heinen, Matt Grizzlick, although they're not uh, in Providence still. Um, Matt Irwin. Uh, I'm trying to th- – there's, there's so many. Um, Jordan Bennington, I actually saw him a few days ago. Um, being in Edmonton and being in the hub, uh, I came through the gate. Um, 
I would, yeah, there, there, there seems to be an endless flow of people and along with the Boston Bruins, um, everyone on that roster has been beyond incredible from the moment Colby got sick, uh, coaching staff, teammates, wives, um, girlfriends. Uh, so it's been really, really special. Um, but if you were to ask me, definitely the Providence friend that sticks out the most is Zach Sinition. We got, we have a really special connection with Zach and, um, I'm so glad he got to be at our wedding and yeah, he was, a he was a hard one to tell that Kobe passed away. So, um, yeah, he, he's an awesome guy. That's really cool to hear actually, because, um, he's from the town that I grew up in, in Ontario. And he actually, um, Zach tutored, uh, my nephew at the high school that they went to. And, um, I've always heard so many good things about him. Um, and, always been really rooting for him to, to kind of break through onto the Bruins. And the, the thing that I heard about him the most was that he's just such, such a good, a good, a good kid and, and really, um, really special guy. And, and I'm glad to hear that um, he, yeah, that relationship, that's really cool to hear. I've always been rooting him for him for sure to, to make it and, and to, to uh, yeah, make an impact with the Bruins, but obviously his impact off the ice, you know, has already been there for sure. That's cool. Um, Colby's first goal came against uh, the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal, which, you know, all, all Bruins fans love to see that. Um, what was it like for him to share that moment with some of the guys that he had played with in the AHL and even someone like Jake DeBrusque, we played with in junior. I actually don't think Jake played that, that particular game, but just to be around those guys and to celebrate that moment, how, how special was that for him and for you? Um, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, he had a really special, special moment with, uh, Danton Heinen the night before, and then, um, he ended up getting that goal. So I wasn't there. I was in Boston. I was in our, uh, the team had putting us up in an apartment in Boston. And I think I was wrapping Christmas gifts. Um, and the week before Christmas, I guess. Yeah. I was wrapping Christmas gifts and I was like on the floor. And again, I don't really like too much understand hockey, (laughs) but it's nice. Like it's actually nice. It was nicer for me to watch it on TV because they would say his name. So then I knew he was on the ice where some other times I wouldn't know he was on the ice. (laughs) Um, so I heard them like say that he was on the ice. And then, so obviously like I left up my head and I'm watching, um, and I remember like FaceTiming my family right away and I was just like screaming and I was crying. Um, and it was so special. He got to fly back that night and I will never forget, um, him walking in and he had like the biggest smile on his face, but like a smirk and he just like pulled <laughs> out of his backpack and showed me the puck. Oh, so it was really cool that even though I wasn't right there when he got the goal, I got to be a part of it shortly after. Um, and he was, yeah, he was super stoked. Um, yeah, it was though that was one of the memories. And I mean, they've played that video so much and all the tributes to him, just his big smile on his face. And I think it's like Charlie McAvoy, um, he passed was there, comes over and gives him a hug and he's just, yeah. 
he yeah that is such a special moment you still um, have that that puck somewhere around i imagine or yeah it is around um yeah so i'm i i want to put it in a i want to put it in like a glass uh case and just have it in my apartment um because that yeah to see him right after and to be a part of that uh yeah it was really that's definitely one of my highlights that's very cool yeah i was i was pretty disappointed when uh the bruins i guess they had to put him on waivers to to try to send him back down to providence and then he was scooped up by the oilers uh that was disappointing just from a fan perspective i'm sure it was quite a transition uh for the two of you how how tough was that transition from Boston to Edmonton and, and how quickly did you guys find your place kind of in the Oilers organization? Um, yeah. So waivers is definitely an, an experience. Um, I remember Cole coming on the Monday home and he was like, I'm being put on waivers and you have to wait 24 hours. Um, and we went to the game that night, the Bruins were playing at home. I said bye to all the girls, which was, heartbreaking I was really really close with the Boston girls um so I said bye to all them we didn't know where we were going um and then the next day um I think it's released at 11 or maybe it's noon it's released at um and Cole had to be at the rank and I was just on FaceTime with my parents and I knew that it would either say Colby Clay, Colby Cave cleared waivers or it would say that he was picked up by someone. Right. So I was on FaceTime and I just kept hitting refresh and refresh and refresh. Um, and it said like Edmonton picked up Colby Cave. And I remember being like, mom and dad, I'm moving to Edmonton. <laughs> and like, he didn't call me until 45 minutes after. And he called me, he was like, we got picked up by Edmonton. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I found it on Twitter. Thanks yeah. for the heads up. Um, but he just like couldn't get to his phone. It was in the stall and media and just like trying to say goodbye to everyone. So he came home, left literally within an hour. He was at the airport. So I was just kind of left packing everything in our Boston apartment and our Providence apartment. Um, so I didn't fly out. He flew straight to Vancouver and then I flew out to Edmonton within like the 36 hours. Um, it was a big adjustment um, for me, especially in the beginning. Um, like I said, we had so many invested relationships and friendships in Boston. Um, we went to Hillsong, Boston. Um, so our pastor our church friends, um, they were, they were really hard to leave. Um, and I remember I landed in Edmonton and Colby had picked me up, um, with the team driver and it was minus 50. Oh gosh. Side. And, uh, Colby had funny story. Colby had just bought me a new winter jacket in Boston because there was the winter classic, um and my other one was too small and I remember when I landed in Edmonton I was like I think I'm gonna need a new winter jacket like I think I'm gonna need a parka um because it was so cold here um but one thing that isn't cold here is the people like the people were so warm and welcoming um the Oilers took us under their wing right away um the girls have been amazing um 
And I think it really speaks on behalf of Lauren and I, Wendy Tippett wasn't uh, with the team at the time, but Lauren Connor, McDavid's girlfriend, um, right away just made sure I felt included. Um, Brie Nugent Hopkins, um, all of them. And it was pretty, it was pretty special um, to have not just the Boston Bruins girl and girls support, but the Oilers girl support. Right. They've, they've really all become like sisters to me. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, nice being back in Canada. Uh, but we definitely, definitely missed Boston. Um, Boston always has a really special uh, and close place to our heart for sure. A quick word here on DoorDash. Between the never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You can continue supporting local restaurants safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. DoorDash is the app that brings your food right to your door. Ordering is so easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, Hillsong and the Bruins as well. I, sp- I spoke to uh, Dave Ripper a couple months ago on the podcast, the, the team chaplain for the Bruins. And I spoke to him a bit about how he was helping uh, players coping with uh, everything this summer, including, you know, the season pause and Colby's passing. And it was really eye-opening for me because we don't usually see that side of players. and it was um, amazing, particularly to hear uh, a gritty, tough veteran like David Backus was kind of leading that charge uh, to bring some of those younger guys together and, and kind of a faith um, connection like that. And I'm just wondering if you could speak a bit to how important that was to both you and Colby to make those connections, especially in the hockey world where that can be, you know, there's a lot, a lot of talk lately about how uh, messy hockey culture can be and how uh, problematic there are. But um, I've had my eyes open to that kind of, uh, yeah, those faith-based connections and how important has that been to you both and uh, a player like David Backus, what was that influence like uh, on Colby and, and yourself? Um, yeah, I, uh, David Backus and Kelly Backus are two incredible human beings. Um, Kelly was one of those people that when we got called up to Boston, she added me in the group chat right away, made me feel welcome. David did the exact same thing um, with Colby and we established a really special relationship um, with the Backuses. Um, And actually when Colby got sick, it it was all happening so fast. And that morning when he was in the helicopter, I called obviously the Oilers organization because we needed statements and they needed to let people know. Um, 
I called Julie Cassidy um, and I called Kelly Backus. Um, those were like the three people that I called. And um, I just remember being like, Kelly, get David. Um, and like telling them both on the phone was really hard. Um, and immediately they set up prayer chains. Um, there was Zoom calls with countless um, players and their significant others and family on it. Um, and they they did that all. And they were, David Backus was another one. There was wake up videos being sent um, to Colby and we were going to put them on his iPad. And unfortunately, he never got to listen to them. Um, but David Backus was helping me run and organize that all too. Um, and we haven't been able to have a funeral yet for Colby. But when we do, I've asked actually David to speak at it. Um, because he is an incredible person on and off the ice. Um, they, yeah, they were completely amazing. I remember one, one Zoom call, it was the Friday and Cole had passed away very, very early Saturday morning. And um, they had these prayer calls and Kolb had to do a scan and the doctors called me and they said, you know what, we think something else may be going on and there wasn't, but um, we need your permission to do this scan because essentially anytime you moved Colby or you lowered his bed in any way, um, he didn't do well. Um, and I remember the time of this scan that they had to do this brain scan was the exact same time of this call. And I called Kelly Backus right before and I said, listen, I'm going to come on this Zoom call. Um, I'm going to listen to the prayers. But if I hang up, um, it's because Kolb's not good. Um, and they were the only ones that knew and they were so gracious and they were broken and they were just praying too. Um, so they have been, yeah, the Backuses have been beyond incredible. Um, they've really, yeah, they led they led a lot of things. Um, there's been other players, countless other players that have um, really been amazing um, too. Obviously our Hillsong family, um, they were, again, one of the, I called them, or I started a group chat with them because Kolb actually the night before he got sick um, had a Hillsong, did an interview with one of our Hillsong buddies on Instagram live. Um, and they were just talking about everything hockey and then just some fun memories. And it was within probably 35 minutes that Cole got sick right after that. Um, and I remember calling them right away and texting them right away and they were praying and they were, um, yeah, they were beyond incredible too. And that's another person our Hillsong Boston pastor is going to actually do the funeral. Um, when we have the funeral, they'll fly out. Um, and Josh Kimes will do it too. Um, so yeah, the, the prayers, the love and support, um, because I'll be honest during those four days, I, I couldn't pray. Um, I was pretty broken. Um, I had faith that Cole could be a miracle, but it was a lot to handle. So having people like the Bacchuses and other people in the hockey world or our Hillsong family, um, yeah, really, really was remarkable. Yeah, that's amazing. I love to hear stories like that. And I know 
I think I read somewhere that that Colby and, and Cooper Meredy they kind of bonded over their appreciation for for Hillsong uh, yeah. music, and that uh, Cooper has since uh, written an amazing song called Agape that everybody should go and download uh, right away. Um, can you just talk about a bit how that came about and and uh, where people can find that and kind of where the proceeds for that song go as well? Yeah, um, so Kolb, um, I started bringing Kolb to church um, pretty early on in our relationship. I grew up going to church. Um, so yeah, it was really special when um, Kolb passed away. Cooper shared this story with me and it uh, was that um, they were in the locker room in Colorado and Cole was kind of known for like being the DJ for Bakersfield. Like he would play all those songs in the locker room and Cole, when Cole started going to Hillsong, um, like I'll never forget the service where like he put up his hand and like Josh prayed for him. And it was like really special to me, um, especially going to church growing up. Um, and he just played Hillsong. He knew that Cooper was a Christian too. And Cole put on, I think it, I don't know which song for sure it was on. Um, he had a few Hillsong favorite songs, but yeah, he put on Hillsong and him and Cooper just started jamming out to it. And when Cooper had reached out to me and told me that story, I was so proud of Cole because as you've said, the hockey lifestyle and environment can be really, really hard at times. Um, but in that moment, Cole just played Christian music and guys were walking in and they were getting ready for their game and they were all just jamming out to Hillsong. And that made me so proud of him um, when I heard that. Um, yeah, it was really, really special. So when Cooper had shared that story, he obviously said, like, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Um and I knew Cooper had wrote a few songs and after Colby passed away, I was listening to a bunch of songs, but nothing really seemed to hit at home. Um, so I asked Cooper to write this song. And as you said, it's called the Gope um, by Cooper Marodi and definitely go download it. Um, there's now like a music video too um, that has some of our wedding footage um on youtube as well and the proceeds will go to every time someone listens the proceeds or downloads the proceeds go to Cole's memorial fund which uh, emphasizes on providing or providing sports and equipment to underprivileged children and also mental health initiatives um so it's pretty special that our love story in this song can still continue to help other people um just by yeah listening to it or downloading it so Cooper did an incredible job. He's an incredible guy. Um, another one that checks in on me constantly. Um, so I, I'm really, really grateful for all the people that Kolb um, brought into my life um, because they've been my family and my support system through all of this for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. I, uh, I've loved seeing the Bruins having the Kobe's number on their helmets during, during the playoffs. And I, um, like you saw when I reached out to you on Instagram, showed the I got my Caver Bruins T-shirt with with the number on the, the sleeve as well, and just very happy to be able to support that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who 
the first winner of the, the Colby Cave Award will be in, in Providence. And it's just uh, really amazing to see how the hockey world has um, just yeah, really come and supported you and, and really honored uh, Colby's memory. And uh, like you said, I'm sure when we're cleared to, you know, have bigger gatherings that I, I'm, you know, sure that Colby's memorial service will be just uh, just packed and, and so many people want to come and uh, and support you in that way. How, how else can people help beyond kind of ordering caver gear or, or downloading that, that song? Is there any other ways that, that people can help and support uh, the, the memorial fund as well? Yeah, definitely the caver gear is amazing. Um, there's also uh, bracelets are by Benny Designs and they're called Crosses for Caver. Um, so they have black ones and clear ones. Um, and those donations also go to uh, Colby's Memorial Fund. Um, but unfortunately, right now with the Memorial Fund, there's a lot of things we want to do. We just can't because of COVID. So. Right. In the meantime, just, yeah, listen to the song, share the song, um, the gear, the bracelets, um, and then when events or uh, things do happen, obviously we'd love all the support in helping honor his legacy and, like, continuing his, continuing the way that Colby would want us to remember him and continuing to uh, uh, show people the way that Colby lived. Well, Emily, I, I can't tell you how much uh, it means to me that you would take some time to chat uh, today and uh, I'm excited to share this with other Bruins fans. And uh, if there's anything ever that I can do to help or to get the word out to, to Bruins fans, uh, how we can support and honor Colby's memory, uh, please let me know and, and I'll be sure to share that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, again, for taking the time and um, all the best out at Edmonton and um, yeah. I really appreciate it and and we'll be continuing to to pray for you and your family of course through through the next months and weeks thank you so much and i mean to all to all the bruins fans listening um colby and i are so grateful for all of you so thank you for your support wherever you are um and your prayers during all of this it really it means more than you guys ever know so thank you 